The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Welcome to the Peace Walker Podcast. Once again, this is Craig Gray, and you are on episode two. And today I wanted to talk about the Olympic swimmer versus the lifeguard. Basically, training to be a protector versus training to be a fighter. So this story comes to you from a young man who walked into my martial arts studio, actually, quite a few years ago. And he, what he said he wanted to do and what he thought the training looked like for that were two very different things. So I told him a little story about an Olympic swimmer and a lifeguard. So basically, Olympic swimmer and a lifeguard, they both swim. And that is the kind of where the commonality of those two um, endeavors end. If you think of it like learning how to protect yourself or protect other people and your ability to fight, right? So a fight would be kind of the analogy of like uh, the swimming. If you think of what a lifeguard does versus what an Olympic swimmer does, the first and foremost, you have to think of, well, who is the lifeguard swimming for versus who is the Olympic swimmer swimming for? Now, you could argue that, well, Olympic swimmer is swimming for their team and they're swimming for you know their country and so forth. And I, frankly, would call BS on that because last time I looked at the Wheaties box, there was only one person on that box. There wasn't the whole team. There wasn't the country. There was one dude. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Just like if you're talking about training for a fight, like a MMA fight or a boxing match. You know, there's one guy that fights and they're fighting basically for them. And it's an honorable pursuit. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to do it, I would say that is a great venue to uh, exercise your skills in. But who is the lifeguard swimming for? Think about it. The lifeguard is swimming for other people. They're swimming to be a protector. Now, keep in mind, they both have to be able to swim strong, right? They both have to be strong swimmers. If you're an Olympic swimmer, you need to be the fastest in the pool if you're going to win. If you're a lifeguard, you don't necessarily have to be the fastest in the pool, but you do have to be able to tread water and swim competently and be a strong swimmer. So the same thing holds true. If you want to learn how to protect yourself and other people, you're probably going to have to learn how to fight. Well, not probably. Let me rephrase. You're going to have to learn how to fight. However, you don't necessarily have to be the king of the cage or you know the next boxing champion. Now, what does training for a lifeguard look like in comparison to the training of an Olympic swimmer? Very different, right? An Olympic swimmer has, has has very 
specific training in a very narrow field where a lifeguard has specific training, but it's a very broad field as well. For instance, if you're a lifeguard, you're going to have to not only learn how to swim, but you're going to have to learn how to tread water with someone else. You're going to have to learn probably first aid and CPR, how to work small watercraft, how to read the weather so you know you know if there's a storm coming in or rip currents and this type of thing. You have to know and be a good runner in case you have to run across the, the beach. You have to learn how to communicate effectively and be a leader. You're going to have to have some conflict management training. You're going to have to know the rules and regulations of the beach and the municipality that you're working for. You're going to have to have a lot more knowledge and expertise more than just swimming. Swimming is only one of the pieces of the bigger puzzle where to be an Olympic swimmer, it's very narrow. So if you equate that to fighting again, right? If you want to be a protector, you have to know how to clarify your ethic. You have to know how to keep your your emotional composure. You have to understand how to verbally de-escalate and verbally influence. You have to know how to physically defend yourself and not just in a fight, but also how do you control the environment to be more conducive for reducing the amount of conflict that's happening. You have to be a leader. You have to know your social skills and so forth. Maybe know some first aid in this. Understand tactics and strategies outside of just simply fighting. In our Krav Maga Academy, Ronan Krav Maga, we have one of many maxims. One is train your body like a soldier, train your mind like a general, your mouth like a diplomat, and your heart like a protector. Because you need to be well-rounded. That is the evolution of a protector, is you have to have the whole formula, the whole recipe, not just be a good fighter, but that is just the tip of the iceberg. Quite frankly, that's the fun part of, of the training, you know, training in the defensive tactics or training in the shooting, and that's the fun part. There's all the uh, foundational elements underneath that. So training to be an Olympic swimmer, you have to be fast. You have to know a few things and be really good at them. Now, keep in mind, what position is more sustainable? Can you be an Olympic swimmer your entire career? Can you be an Olympic swimmer when you're you know, past your prime versus a lifeguard and do you have to be the youngest, strongest person in the, in the pool to be a lifeguard? No, absolutely not. A lifeguard is way more sustainably held on to than a Olympic swimmer. So same thing, if you're being in training to be a protector, that is way more sustainable than training to be a fighter. You may have to fight and train to fight, but it's not the same as trying to be that ring or cage fighter, that sport fighter, where it's all about you and it's all about a very very narrow skill set, where that training of a protector is a much broader skill set. And it's way more sustainable. 
And the focus really isn't you as much as it is training, protect other people. So after my discussion with this young man, he, uh, <laughs> I think he got my point. However, he never did come back to take, <laughs> to take any of our classes. So there you go. A, we are all protectors. We just have to make sure we're protecting the right things. And in your pursuit of being a protector and learning how to defend yourself is very necessary, just like it's necessary if you're going to be a lifeguard, you have to learn how to swim and be a strong swimmer. So you yourself don't drown. And if you know how to swim and you're a strong swimmer, then you may have a chance to jump in that water and to save someone else. So same thing, when you're learning to be a protector, you first have to learn how to protect yourself. And then you can start to take those skills and have a better chance at protecting other people. So there you have it. There is my Olympic swimmer versus the lifeguard story. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it and got something out of it. So the tip, trick, and tactic of today is if you want to be a protector, you don't have to be a fighter, but you will have to learn how to fight. Your training should be well-rounded and sustainable. So understanding that it's not just about you. It's about protecting self and others, even people that you might not like. So that is the tip, trick, and tactic. Is the training that you're doing well-rounded enough to deal with the gamut, the spectrum of human conflict out there? So if you are training in the martial arts, is it just a sport style, which is nothing wrong with sport style, but are you then augmenting your training in the other um, ways to be a well-rounded protector. The mentality, your verbal de-escalation skills and, and influence strategies, and obviously your physical tactics, and all those other things that we're talking about in this episode. So there's my tip, trick, and tactic for today. One last thing before I go. If you'd like to follow me on my journey of being a peace walker, living a protector's lifestyle, and basically how I've learned over the years to protect myself and have other people's backs and live a safer, more powerful, confident life, then go to peacewalkersubscribe.com and register for my almost daily email. And in doing that, you are all, you're also going to get a free street smart survival guide. And that is a guidebook that I wrote. It's 37 pages long, and it will give you the most common street scenarios types of attacks and threats that you find out, hopefully not, but <laughs> that you could run across out in everyday life in the street and a simple defense to them. So it's a good way of starting this journey of being a protector and a peace walker and living the lifestyle, living the lifestyle of a protector. So there you have it, peacewalkersubscribe.com. And you can join me in my journey, or I'll shoot an email right to your inbox a few times a week, giving you tips, tricks, and tactics, and fun little stories, fun little adventures. <laughs> All right, gang, thanks so much. We'll see you next time, and keep going. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. 
you're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.